You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Welcome to Grab Them by the Pod for this, our semi-centennial edition of our show. And I am Kevin, your host, along with Jesse, as always. And we've got quite a big whopper of news to lead off with tonight. Jesse, what do we got? Well, by the way, before we start off, to people who don't know what that means, it's our 50th episode. But I, I told Kevin to spruce it up, make it sound kind of smart and, and sexy. And uh, that's what semi-centennial is, you know, my opinion. We've hit the big 5-0, 50 episodes, man. I think we're no longer just a startup. Now we're just a uh, a middling podcast, and soon to be one of the big timers once we hit a hundred, maybe another year or so. We see. We'll see if we have any staying power here. But we're we're halfway into a hundred, so let's let's keep it going strong. Well, our, our staying power might uh, depend on what happens in the world stage, specifically in North Korea. Uh, it was announced this week that Trump has agreed to meet with Kim Jong Un uh, sometime by May, and this is all in an effort to stop the uh, nuclear proliferation happening in North Korea. Sarah Sanders. Uh, has said that Trump will accept the invitation to meet Kim Jong-un at a place and time to be determined. So that's kind of a soft, yes, it's going to happen. Uh, but you know, is Kim going to leave North Korea? Is Donald Trump actually going to go into North Korea? I don't know if I see either of those happening. Perhaps the best scenario would be to have them meet on a boat somewhere in the ocean. International that's wars. They could, they could right? gamble. That's true. They could do that. They could do lots of things. They could go fishing. <laughs> they could talk it out over, you know, a couple of hours of fishing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if with all the testing of the uh, nuclear bombs by uh, North Korea, I don't know if I want to eat their fish. But, uh, nothing, nothing against Korean fish. And no one says they have to eat it either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a senior uh, administration official said that at this point, we're not even talking about negotiations. What we're talking about is an invitation from the leader of North Korea to meet face-to-face with the president of the United States. Uh, this all happened because South Korea announced that Kim told them that he was willing to begin negotiations with the U.S. to abandon nuclear weapons and that he would suspend all nuclear and missile tests while engaged in talks. Now, if this actually happens, great. I'm not going to crap on the president if he can get this done because, you know, it's, it's good for us. It's good for the world. Uh, but I'm not I'm not confident it's actually going to happen. People seem to, uh, on, on a certain side of politics, want to praise Trump already. But right now it's just talk. Uh, let's see if things actually happen and if something actually comes of this first. Well, and Jesse, your feelings are pretty justified because CNN is reporting tonight that President Trump will not meet with Kim Jong-un unless North Korea takes concrete and verifiable actions towards denuclearization. Now, what that actually means has not been clarified by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So we don't know what concrete and verifiable actions towards denuclearization actually means. But we can assume that if North Korea doesn't actually like show us that they've detonated one of their bombs underground and they're not going to make any more, then Donald Trump may not go and he may not meet with Un. Well, maybe they just can't do it anymore. There was some report coming out a couple of months ago where like one of their mountains at its breaking point, they've been blowing up bombs underneath it for so long and that's you know, just going to explode the volcano and kill them all. So maybe they just have nowhere to do it anymore. We'll we'll see about that. Uh, while this is all good for the country and that, you know, again, we're saying if it happens, it's a good thing. Uh, the president is still you know, thinking about himself and how this will affect him and, you know, the haters in the fake news media. He uh, said, you know, hopefully you'll give me credit. 
you know, don't worry about credit. If, if Obama or any of the other presidents, you know, if, if they did something well, you know, when you have like Truman signing the accords to end World War II, I wasn't like, I hope they give me credit. No, you did it because that's your job and that it was, you know, the right thing to do. So I don't know why Trump is, before anything's even happened, ready to have people shower him with praise. Well, humility is a characteristic that has been found in most presidents, but, you know, we're not dealing with our ordinary president, are we? You know, every time I ask questions, why did Trump do this? I'm like, oh, why, am I, why am I even asking that? We know, because uh, he's crazy. <laughs> um, there are some downsides to this. Like I said before, disarming North Korea, fantastic if it can happen. Uh, we don't have to worry about, well, it's, at least it's one less place we have to worry about a nuclear, nuclear holocaust starting. Um, but uh, the downside is, you know, while he leads a nation, he's a cruel. I, I, would you call him a dictator? I guess. I mean, it's it comes from his family, so I don't know if that's exactly a dictator. But he's he's cruel. He's responsible for the deaths and torture of countless people in his country. I mean, he fed his uncle to dogs, and now you're gonna put him on the same level as the leader of the free world sitting there. I mean, you know, Trump will shake his hand, and if Kim Jong Un says nice things about him, I'm like, well, I like Kim. He's a good guy, and I don't know if we want to see that on the world stage. Can you imagine? I hear the jokes now. Trump, Putin, and uh, Kim walk into a bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and who would think that uh, a president of the United States just a couple years ago would be – not that he's aligning with them, but would kind of be aligning – all I could think was uh, that scene in the interview when James Franco has like, the poison on his hand, his hand's out straight, and he's trying to walk so he can shake hands and kill Kim Jong-un. I can just see Trump trying to do that. Uh, but I heard that uh, Dennis Rodman is – you know, so this is fantastic news. I guess when he was last talking to Kim, he gave him a copy of The Art of the Deal. So maybe you know, Dennis Robbins is the reason why Kim maybe likes Trump. Well, I, I've long believed that we should get uh, the worm involved here. So uh, if if he's part of this and he's helping to make this happen and something actually gets done, give him all the credit in the world. But can't you see Trump blowing it all up? I mean, figuratively, not literally. No pun intended, when, yes. When, um, after all, like, you know, he'll come and Kim will give him a deal and everything will be great. And he'll come back and tweet out, little rocket man, you know, took it, you know, whatever I gave to him and I win. We're the best. And then he's like, well, if he's going to say that about me, deal's off. Um, because Trump is one of those guys that doesn't know how to win like he's been there before or act like he's been there before. He'll spike the ball right in front of your face when it's unnecessary, and uh, I hope that bravado just doesn't screw everything up, again, if it even happens. Almost like, you know, signing a tariff into effect uh, <laughs> when nobody else in the world wants it. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that in just a, just a few minutes. Uh, but first I want to talk about uh, some craziness that happened on CNN and MSNBC, a lot of... Uh, TV shows, a lot of uh, publications last Monday. Uh, former Trump campaign aide Sam Nunberg, I don't know how else to put it, lost his mind on a marathon interview spree. I mean, he, he defiantly uh, said that he wasn't going to be cooperating with Bob Mueller's investigation. He openly speculated about the possible crimes that Trump and his administration did. Uh, he talked trash about his political enemies like Corey Lewandowski. He, uh, he basically just talked a lot of trash. And uh, in this uh, age and political climate, I don't know if that's really helpful. No. Is that alcohol I smell, Jess? <laughs> I mean, Wait, let me give you a little bit of background on Mr. Yeah, Nunberg. He's you do, a 36-year-old graduate of Canada's McGill University with a bachelor's degree in history, as well as the Toro Law Center in Long Island, New York, and was admitted to the New York State Bar Association. Now, he got his start in politics by volunteering on Mitt Romney's failed bid for the Republican nomination for president back in 2008 where he then went to work for the attorney Jay Sekulov at the American Center for Law and Justice, famous for attempting to stop the construction of the Park 51 mosque 
which was a big hullabaloo about a mosque being built down the street from the site of the World Trade Center back in 2010. This is where he met Roger Stone, okay, which set him on a path of eventually being part of the Trump 2016 campaign. And what a good decision that was. <laughs> uh, this this whole thing started as like a good time, a hot mess that you want to watch. I mean, it's when you're watching a sporting event and your team is you know beating the other team and you're really excited. But by the end of it, it was like a high school basketball team when the team is winning like 100 to 2. I mean, it's just like put them out of their misery. It's not fun. The game should be ended for everybody's sake. Um, it became uncomfortable. Uh, the question by a lot of people in, in the media and in journalism was like, should this have been stopped? Should this have been allowed? What do you think, Kev? Well, to me, it just seems like your classic, I want my 15 seconds of fame. Yeah. You know, um, and the networks seem to be living it up because this potentially uh, this guy was teetering on dropping some major bombshells mm -hmm. the whole time about what went on behind the scenes of the Trump campaign and, and possible illegal activities. So I can understand why the networks were so willing to put him on, too. But I kind of agree towards the end of the day. Uh, he was really looking worse for the wear, and it would have been nice for the uh, the television networks to just cut him short. And, and where do you cut it? Like, like you said, he he may have spoiled some or spilled some big news. He was likely drinking. He said he was on antidepressants, and he was really doing harm to himself. I mean, he, he was potentially really screwing himself over with Bob Mueller in that investigation. Yeah, arrest me, please. But. You never know what he could say. I mean, I think it was uh, Mike Allen and Axios uh, said that it was scandal porn. And it's like, it's like you know, we, we see like movies like Saw or, or torture porn, like things we like to watch. And even though it's, this is scandal porn that we, we just can't get enough of it. And really this entire Trump administration and his presidency has really been scandal porn. And it's one of the reasons why this podcast sells, because people want to hear the, the nonsense that happened this week. Yeah, that's true. Of course, we can't compete with a robot reading Trump tweets, but – you know, people people still listen to us, right? Sometimes it's the silliest and simplest ideas that are the big. I mean, have you ever read the the, the cartoons, the funnies in a newspaper? I go, I could write that, but I don't. So you know, it's it's doing it, which is a uh, which is the winning thing. But you know, right or wrong, like we were saying, he was at least in the beginning saying some some news. So uh, I, I think you have to report that. I, I love that our old friend at CNN, Chris Saliza, compiled a, a bunch of the craziest uh, comments and quotes that he made. And I, I put a couple down here. There were even more, but uh, for brevity's sake, I'm just going to say a couple of them. Uh, he said, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, as I told you before, okay? He treated me like crap. Uh, they asked me to go to the grand jury after I sat there for close to five and a half hours. I'm not going back in. Trump may have very well done something during the election with the Russians. I despise Corey Lewandowski. Why would I communicate with Corey? Hope Picks, who's having an affair with Corey? I think Mueller has something on Trump. I'm not cooperating. Arrest me. I believe Carter Page was colluding with the Russians. And this last one, it's kind of mean, but it really made me laugh. And we don't we don't endorse uh, shaming people. But you know what? If Sarah Huckabee Sanders wants to start debasing me, she's a joke. Okay, fine. Yeah, she's unattractive. She's a fat slob. Okay, fine. But that's irrelevant. The person she works for has a 3% approval rating. When I read that quote, I didn't see it. When I read it and then I listened to it later on, I was like, whoa, okay, he's going off the deep end. He is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Well, misogynistic comments aside, he has a point about her boss anyway. But uh, I believe it's people, she gets around, huh? Yeah, yeah, she does. I mean, with, with all the best people, just like Trump hires all the best people. 
Uh, I, I think though what yeah you said that it's really people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And uh, when you have a 30% approval rating, or if you listen to you know, like a, a skewed one like Rasmussen, and he has like a 45% approval rating. But when you're as unpopular as they are, you really should be careful what you say about other people because you just come off looking silly. Silly they often look. But, you know, all that was on, on Monday night. And uh, sometimes the best thing you do is just get a good night's sleep, wake up, see the whole, the whole world in a different light. And I, I guess that's what happened. Or maybe he just had a really bad hangover, was no longer drunk. Um, after everything he said on Tuesday, Numberg changed his mind, said he would likely cooperate with Mueller. And then, uh, again, after that, he said that he, is, he used to be very close to Donald Trump, was heavily invested in the campaign, and, it, and wasn't very good after getting fired, which, you know, I can see how that would go. Um, he's kind of playing seeking treatment for alcohol abuse, and if that's not just something to cover whatever issue is happening, he really has a problem, then I applaud that because you know that's it's not something to be made light of or made fun of. Uh, that's a serious issue, and I hope he gets his uh, gets all the help he needs. Yeah, it seems like talking to some uh, mental health professional or or addiction specialist would be in his best interest at this point. The problem is, uh, if you're on this campaign and then you get fired or kicked off or whatever. Uh, you're not just getting fired from the White House from a presidential campaign. You're getting fired at the – usually it would be the world's biggest stage, and it's even magnified because of the Trump administration. So I can I can see how that might drive you a little batty. may drive you to drink, quite honestly. So I don't know. So even more stuff happened this week. Uh, Gary Cohn earlier this week uh, announced he was resigning. He was Trump's top economic advisor. And this comes after a bunch of disagreements about the direction of the administration's economic policy. And I think it really just hit a point of no return where it was like, you know, you're on your side. I'm on my side. Nothing's going to change. I'm out. Well, you know, you mentioned, Jess, about people uh, being driven to drink by working in the Trump administration. I mean, that's exactly what it is. People with actual experience and policymaking know-how, they can't tolerate working for Donald Trump for very long. It, it comes to a breaking point, and they say, you know, that's it. If there are any kind of real uh, political operative that has, has done this and has the experience and know-how, they can't stand working for this guy. Because Trump doesn't care about your experience. He just cares about getting what he wants. Um, I mean, this was a movie we saw coming for weeks, but I was also surprised it happened so abruptly. Um, this relationship had really been deteriorating for a long, long time, uh, especially following Trump's uh, – he's insisting on passing tariffs on steel and aluminum. Again, we'll get there in just, uh, just a few minutes. Uh, Cohn obviously uh, opposed those tariffs and tried to change Trump's mind. Uh, but Trump's going to do what Trump was going to do. As we've seen time and time again. And this whole thing is funny. Even my brother, who doesn't follow politics, really, I uh, thought it was funny that this all happened. And earlier that morning, I think it was 10 hours earlier, he tweeted out uh, that the new fake news narrative is that there's chaos in the White House. Wrong. There's no chaos, only great energy. Well, chaos is in all these people. I mean, Hope Hicks leaving, Jared Kushner losing his clearance, and now Cohen leaving. I mean, it sounds like chaos. It's not just normal people coming and going. It's a, it's a lot happening in a short period of time. Yeah, it, it would certainly seem pretty chaotic. I mean, it's chaotic to me. I wouldn't want to be working in the middle of it, but the president's got to spin the story that he wants us to believe. He's got to do what he's got to do. Uh, it's weird that I feel bad for Coney. He's a former head of Goldman Sachs. You know, he's a big wig. But if you look at him in this White House compared to some other people, he's a Democrat. He's a so-called globalist. And is often that doesn't odds. fit well with tariffs on steel and aluminum. No, no, especially people like Steve Ter uh, Steve Bannon, who hated those damn globalists. 
Um, the people who really love Trump, that doesn't float their boat. Uh, he was apparently really, really pissed off after everything that happened in Charlottesville. You know, where you know, there are very good people on both sides. That's and he almost quit, but he but he stuck around. Stuck around. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you look at it this way, I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. I mean, it was, it was kind of just teetering on the edge there for a long, long time. And eventually, uh, like Popeye might say, you know, stands like it stands and I can't stands no more. And he had to just get out of there. Well, I tell you what, you couldn't pay me enough to work for the man. So I, I can understand. And it's so weird because you know, it's not weird that Trump tweeted this. We can expect this from him that, you know, there's lots of people that want to work here. Uh, you know, only the best. I'm going to, I'm going to choose someone quick. But what's weird is that. Who would want to work in the White House, uh, even if you share the ideals as Trump? If you take these jobs, there's a very good chance you're going to leave within six months to a year and have it be a very public and very ugly, you know, firing, breakup, resign, whatever you want to call it. And I just can't imagine it being good for your for your resume. It's weird to say that uh, having working at the White House on your resume may not may not be good, but who wants to work at the White House for it could be 11 days like Scaramucci. You just never know. I can't imagine anybody qualified really wants these jobs anymore. Well, the Trump administration takes things to a new low on a daily basis. So, yeah, you know, you know who wants these types of jobs? Omarosa wants these types yes. of jobs. Reality television, you know, wannabes. That's who wants these jobs. And sadly, we see them getting them sometimes. And but before we move on, this wasn't in the rundown, Kevin, but I just thought of this one when I passed you. So I've. Uh, on a lot of podcasts that I listen to, in addition to ours, uh, people have been pointing out that you know when people talk about Hope Hicks, they talk about her being a woman and a former model, and that's sexist. But I don't think it is because one, it goes to her that, that she has no real experience, and two, people make fun of like Stephen Miller's looks all the time. So I would say not to question her looks is to is 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 anti woman. You know, you got to treat them equal. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree I with know. you. I think Stephen Miller's a pretty funny looking dude. So, yeah. um, and you know. she was a model. You know, if she wasn't a model, then maybe talking about her looks was something different. But she's like a 29 year old model, 20, however old, 27 year old model, and she's working in the White House. I think that's worth talking about. I don't it know. would be like me getting upset if people said that I was a history teacher. Yeah, I, I am. Okay, yeah. I've done that. That is in my my uh, history. So. She was a model. What do you want? I mean, I used to work in fast food when I was 16, making $4.35 an hour. God, times have changed. Not much, I guess, but but a little bit. So anyways, past all that, what are these tariffs that we've been talking about this entire podcast, but not really been talking about? Uh, on Thursday, Trump officially announced steep tariffs on imported steel and aluminum to fight what he sees as unfair practices by the U.S. trading partners. I mean, everybody's out to get us. Everybody's been very unfair, as, as Trump would put it. Uh, I mean, it, it's... It's pretty controversial, wouldn't you say? I would. You know, tariffs in this case are not being met with uh, a very good reaction by either side of the political aisle. So this, you know, typically we see the Democrats being upset at what Donald Trump does. But in this case, the Democrats and Republicans in Congress have met in the middle some common ground. They both are disappointed by the president's actions. I mean, we mentioned Cohn resigned, uh, Steve Mnuchin, H.R. McMaster, who's probably out of the next month or so, and James Mattis, they're all against this policy. I mean, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. I mean, Paul Ryan has never found a, a Trump cheek that he doesn't want to kiss and he's even saying that he's really worried about the consequences of a trade war uh mcconnell is really concerned and so are other republican senators like ben sass that uh, this could have metastasized into a larger trade war but you know don't worry kevin trump says that trade wars are good and very easy to win so you know no, no sweat off our back i'd like to see the game plan for that <laughs> well, i imagine it's in the same place as all of his other plans 
like like most things in the Trump administration, when this was first announced, he didn't have a game plan. They had to write it up after he talked about it, which is always what you love. So what's going to happen? Uh, the U.S. is going to oppose 25% tariff on steel imports, 10% tariff on aluminum. Uh, but you know, here's the main problem. If we impose tariffs on other countries, as we've seen with Mexico saying this, England saying this, well, they're just going to impose tariffs on us right back. And when things and prices go up, who do you think pays that price? They just – us. They just make things more expensive, and we're going to have to pay the price. Here's the problem. Will Joe Sixpack remember this come November when it's time to vote and come 2020 when it's time to vote for uh, the next presidential election that Donald Trump, who – was supposed to be the man of the people and working for the the little guy in small town America, that he's the one that raised the cost of your six pack by imposing this tariff. And the people he's going for, and I don't want to disparage them because I don't know, honestly, I don't know anything about uh, their working situation, how it's going, but it's like people in Pittsburgh who work in the steel mills or you know, whatever goes on. I mean, the Steelers were players, so I said Pittsburgh is big in steel. But, um, you must, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He thinks that these are people who are unfairly uh, you know, losing business, but a lot of the manufacturers of products using steel and aluminum aren't happy because they're going to have to lay off people because things are going to cost more money, so they're going to lose jobs. Uh, as we mentioned, prices are going to be increased. Uh, it's just, I, I don't think he thought this through as everybody around him is saying, don't do this, but he's pissed off about the, about the news and about the, the poor, uh, poor light that's been shed on the white house in recent weeks. So he wants to do something that he thinks is going to be a win and this is it come hell or high water. Well, you know, though, the problem is, is that you don't have many people going to work in hard hats and lunch pails anymore. <laughs> this is not the 1950s. You know, we have to move forward from these antiquated industries like steel and coal. And he keeps getting hung up on them. Like, we're going to bring that back. That's not where we are anymore. We're post-industrial. So if we have to buy some of those products from overseas, you're hurting the companies, as you said, that produce other things with those products that they're now going to have to pass the costs on to the consumer because they're paying more to get the things that they use in their business. And that can be really hard to hear if you do work in the steel industry or, or in the coal industry, we've talked about in the past. Uh, but it's, yeah, as you said, it's, it's the past. Uh, the future is in is other technologies, other other areas. So we have to, rather than keep, keep propping up these uh, antiquated industries, we have to start looking to the future. And uh, I don't think Trump's policies and tariffs are really going to do anything to help that out at all. Not likely. No, and you know Trump likes to talk about the stock market and about how it's the best ever since he became president. Uh, well, you know, early uh, early after this announcement was made, Dow went down 500 points. When Cohn resigned, it went down as well. Uh, a lot of people think, yeah, it's it's getting ready for the big fall soon. But uh, will he take will he take responsibility for that? I don't think though. That'll be somebody else. That'll be Obama's fault. Well, and the interesting thing here is that. Those who were against a Donald Trump presidency and say he would have a negative impact on the economy in the last year have been poo-pooed a little bit because, well, the economy did look good. You know, some things went up, but perhaps that was a little short-sighted. You know, here comes the boom. You know, the, the other foot's about to drop now. and Let's see how far we tank before we give the man too much credit. You know, as they say, what goes up must come down. Spinning wheel, got to go round. Sorry, little blood, sweat, and tears for our fans there. And as we mentioned before, uh, get people on all sides of the aisle do not like what's going on. And when when you have the Republicans and Democrats coming together, it's like dogging dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. 
Yeah, according to Anna Swanson at the New York Times, more than 100 Republican lawmakers have implored President Trump to drop the tariff plans. And officials said late Wednesday that the plan will initially exempt Canada and Mexico and could ultimately include other allies. But Canada and Mexico will have to agree to a, quote unquote, great trade deal in the ongoing NAFTA NAFTA renegotiations in order for a more permanent exemption. Okay, this according to the White House trade advisor, Peter Navarro. So this is just it's politics gone wrong. It's politics gone mad. And it would seem to be an abuse of power by a president who's just trying to make good on a campaign promise rather than look for what's good for the American public. You know, candidates say a lot of things on the campaign trail, uh, this current president more than most, and most of those are, are checks you can't cash, and here he's trying to, and it's just going to end up bouncing, I think, in the long run. What, what a good metaphor that was, if, if that's even a metaphor or a simile or whatever. Well, all I know is I'm glad I <laughs> bottled beer to canned beer because I don't want to have to pay more for the aluminum. <laughs> well, when, next they're going to put a terrifying glass ah, uh, and, and, bottle, and bottle openers that will be in big trouble. Before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about this week's sponsor, Ecosia. Uh, Ecosia is an awesome alternative to Google that you should all be using. It's an ethical way to use the Internet. Now, I always wonder, what does that mean? Uh, Ecosia invests their profits in planting trees and in regenerating deforested lands all over the world. How cool is that? Here's how it works. You search the web with Ecosia. Search ads generate revenue. At least 80% of their surplus income goes to planting trees. Literally, all you have to do is what you're already doing. Search the internet. Over 2 million trees have already been planted, and with your help, Ecosia will reach 1 billion by 2020. Ecosia has created a special URL so that our listeners can plant trees together. Go to ecosia.co backslash pod. That's E-C-O-S-I-A dot C-O backslash P-O-D. You're going to search the internet anyways. Why not plant a tree while you're at it? Next, I want to talk a little bit about our old friend, Kellyanne Conway. Earlier this week, the Office of Special Counsel, or OSC, uh, informed the Trump administration that Kellyanne Conway violated the Hatch Act on two occasions. So what exactly did she do? She appeared in her official capacity and endorsed and advocated against political candidates. That's a no-no. Right. You can't go using your federal position, your taxpayer-funded position, and spout off about one particular candidate over the other. You want to do that in your private life, that's fine. But when you are representing the federal government on national television, you can't do that. Mm-mm. And they sent their findings over to Trump and uh, said, you know, the Trump administration should take appropriate disciplinary action. And I am certain the president will take swift and decisive action and make sure this never happens again. Don't you agree? Uh, yes. And see, the <laughs> issue here is that, according to CNN, this is a workplace rule and not a federal crime in which you can violate. So it is the president who would be responsible for the discipline, as you know, in any other office, in any other industry. If somebody breaks one of the workplace rules, then the chief executive, whoever's at the top, would have to enforce the discipline. In this case, that's Donald Trump, and so I don't really see that going very far. I mean, the inmates are running the asylum, so yeah, nothing's going to actually come of it. So in addition to Kellyanne Conway flaunting the Hatch Act, they also said in their report that she should know better. She's been trained to know better. So ignorance is no excuse. I mean, they try to always do that in this in this administration. Oh, they didn't know better. No big deal. But she, she got in trouble earlier in the administration where she was talking about Ivanka's clothing line uh, while in the White House, and they you know, wrapped her fingers for that. And here she comes twice more and makes the same mistake. It's just ridiculous. 
Apparently that wasn't enough to teach her a lesson. Makes me real confident that the uh, that Trump's going to hand down some sort of swift punishment in this case. Well, I don't think she did anything wrong. Uh, they're rejecting the findings of the uh, – it, it's just so crazy. Uh, and this is what scares me about the mother investigation. The mother could come back with all the evidence in the world, and Ryan and McConnell and Trump would just be like, oh, no, it's wrong. It's fake news, or we don't think you're right, and then just do nothing. I mean that's very realistic uh, as an outcome, and I don't like that. Well, Oh, the results of November's election could not be more consequential. Oh, I can't get here soon enough. I mean, I have it's it's been a bad two last two elections for me, so I'm hoping maybe to not be crying on this one. <laughs> we'll see. Um during this all started, by the way, during the Doug Jones Roy Moore campaign, which by the way, seems like a lifetime ago. That's how much stuff happens in this administration. How big was that? And it was only a couple of months ago. Um Conway went on Fox and said that Doug Jones would be a vote against tax cuts. He's weak on crime, weak against borders, uh he's very strong on raising your taxes, he's a t- is terrible for property owners, and when they asked him if she's saying to vote for Rory Moore, she said, well, the votes in the Senate need to get this tax bill through. So she was saying vote for him, uh, you know, not explicitly, but I mean, we can read between the lines, and I think that's, you should take the spirit of the law uh, into account when you're looking at this thing. She was basically saying vote for Rory Moore, even though those words didn't necessarily come out of her lips. Right, and uh, too close for comfort, all right? Let's let's mm-hmm. uh, play within the rules. Yeah, you never want someone who works for you like, well, look at that. I, I got around this law, and I, I just barely didn't break it. No, no, that's not good. And then later on, she went on CNN and said, the only endorsement that matters in this race is President Trump's. And then she went on a long diatribe against Jones again. Now, for what it's worth, uh, Walter Schaub, who's a former director of the Office of Government Ethics, uh, called her comments a slam dunk violation against the Hatch Act. And you know, people say, oh, he, he worked for a different president. Yeah, he worked in this job. He ran this 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 area. He knows what he's talking about, and we should listen to people like him. Then again, you know, we're taking that from somebody who has previous experience working in the government, uh, who was probably deserving of his position, <laughs> and so that means nothing to the current president. No, not at all. So, what are the consequences to? Uh in the Hatch Act. Uh, they should range anywhere from an official reprimand to a civil penalty is up to like you know $1,000 or so. Uh, if it's bad enough, uh, they could face suspension, termination, or even be barred from working in the federal government uh, for up to five years. Could we please? <laughs> they won't even get the, the rap on the fingers. They just won't say anything. Um, Hatch Act violations, as you mentioned, are from the president. And again, I, 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 we could talk about it to our blue in the face, the cows come home. This president isn't going to do anything because Kellyanne's one of one of his guys, so to speak, uh, one of one of his inner circle. She's been loyal to him, so he'll be loyal back and just let her do whatever she wants without get, getting in trouble. Exactly what I want in the White House. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so as we end the podcast, we forget to Kevin's corner. Just a couple quick things I wanted to go through. Uh, I don't think they need to be talked about for you know hours and hours and end, or even minutes and minutes and then. But I thought we should bring it up. So Kevin, are you ready for? Trump to be president for life? Uh, (laughs) China's uh, President Xi uh, led the charge to repeal his country's uh, term limits last month. Uh, Trump's response when asked about it was, he's president for life. President for life. No, he's great. And look, he was able to do that. I think it's great. Maybe we'll give it a shot someday. And people can say he's joking. But uh, it has to be funny for it to be a joke, I think. Yeah, that's not even funny. You know, nothing uh, unethical or authoritarian to see here. Keep it moving. Um, yeah, that's that's we don't even want to joke about that. No, 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 no. 
And then Trump decided he wanted to talk a little bit about guns and gun control, uh, which, again, he, he talks about things he doesn't know, and he makes people mad on all sides. During a televised meeting uh, on the gun laws, the White House, Trump said, I like taking away early. Take the guns first. Go through due process second. Now, that, that sound you hear is the GOP and NRA's heads you know, blowing up and, and sc- them screaming simultaneously. Well, it shows how unhinged Trump is. I mean, he goes rogue from his own base. Uh, tomorrow he'll be doing something completely the opposite. So you never know what this guy's going to do. Well, if you, if you see the Republican interviews afterwards, they weren't that upset. Like, you know, like, whatever, they're going to walk this back. You know, he's basically like he's an idiot, doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, he'll just take that back. And exec Syracuse Sanders walked back those statements like a day later on in her, in her briefing. So uh, no, no surprise there. Trump also showed a horrible understanding uh, of this whole gun debate. That's why he shouldn't be the one in charge of it. Uh, he told Senator Feinstein, uh, these are black market weapons. And you know, the problem, Diane, I love how calls her Diane, not Senator, uh, very professional, is that these aren't where you walk into a gun store and buy them. These are where someone hands you a gun and you hand them money. And she had to go back and correct him and say, no, you, you do buy these in stores, Mr. President. Yes, as as did Nicholas Cruz, as did Adam Lanza's mother, Mm -hmm. as did so many of our mass shooters uh, in the history of this country. So, yeah, no, you can buy these guns legally in stores. Mm -mm -mm. But he doesn't know that or he doesn't care to learn or even remember. (sighs) Stormy Daniels is back in the news. Uh, She's suing the president. Uh, Stormy Daniels' lawyer told the Today Show that Daniels did have a sexual relationship with Trump and she wants to tell the truth. And she's claiming that she is free to talk about everything because Trump refused to sign the non-disclosure agreement in order to claim deniability. And just to back that up, Fox and Friends had Trump's former lawyer on there and he agreed saying, you know, you got to sign it if you're if you want it to be legal. And he didn't. Oh, and that's real. It must that must be real. It's on Fox News. It's on Fox <laughs> and Friends. That's real news. Can't take that one back, Donnie. That's not fake. Yeah, the article was kind of like, oops, uh, that's not really the answer they were looking for. And and uh, Trump's pissed reportedly at Sarah Kobe Sanders because she didn't answer a question right and you know put uh, stoked the flames a little bit. So, but as we mentioned last night, Kevin, I can't think of anybody who can lie as well as Sarah Kobe Sanders and keep that straight face. So I think he's got to keep her around. Yeah, I know. I mean, spicy couldn't hang. The mooch was out in ten days. So yeah, I mean, who else is going to put up with that and lie for him the way she does? <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up is just uh, Senator Thad Cochran is retiring. Uh, that's uh, no surprise. He's been in poor health for a, a long, long time. So that makes two Mississippi Senate seats, him and Roger Wicker, up in the same year. They both probably stay red, uh, but you never know. Uh, he It's going to be interesting to see who gets uh, elected. In It's going to be held actually on the same day as a general election on November 16th, uh, 6th. And they're actually going to appoint someone in, in the meantime. And there's lots of different possibilities. Uh, but one of the possibilities is to say, won't be will be uh, state senator and tea partier uh, chris mcdaniel he's actually or what was i don't know if it's going to change uh trying to primary roger wicker but now there's another spot open maybe he'll run for that instead well it should be interesting to see how this having two senators up for election at the same time will affect the republican party down there in mississippi i mean it is a deeply red state so the odds are that both republican candidates will win however For the Republican Party of the state of Mississippi to have to spend that kind of money on two Senate races, you know, do they have that much in the bank? You know, we shall see if having two Senate races simultaneously will put too much of a strain on the party and and maybe it has an effect on the outcome of the election. We have a Democratic senator in Alabama. Anything is possible. What do you have for Kevin's Corner? Well, Jesse. 
two issues have me concerned this week, both of them familiar concerns. On the issue of guns, the president this week seemingly went against his own party, favoring taking guns away from people without due process. However, he also propagated the idea that the heinous mass shootings are taking place with black market guns. He was corrected by his Democratic counterparts that semi-automatic weapons can, in fact, be purchased legally. America has a strange fascination and problem with guns. The sooner we admit it, the faster we'll be able to prevent more mass shootings. The other area of great concern is in the reaction to a White House advisor's violation of the Hatch Act. Meant to prevent federal employees from using their official government positions to influence elections, Kellyanne Conway was found to have been in violation of the rule by the Office of Special Counsel. No one believes any real measures will be taken against her, as it will be the president's job to enforce it. Disregard for ethical behavior is and should be frightening to anyone concerned for American democracy. This, coupled with comments regarding doing away with term limits for the president, regardless of how sincere they might have been, reminds us of exactly what we are dealing with in the White House. While it may come with little surprise at this point, it is important to remember that this is not normal. Very good, Kevin. It is very important. I think it's one of the things we told uh, Politico during our, our interview. The reasons why we keep repeating the same things over and over is because it's not normal. And when you stop talking about it, you're normalizing it. Before we sign off today, one last thing I want to say just came out a little while ago. We didn't talk about it during the show, uh, Kevin. The NRA is officially suing Florida because they passed a bill to raise, uh, raise the age of buying guns from 18 to 21. This is the state where the Parkland shooting just happened. you got to love the NRA. Not. Well, and, and as our own governor here in the state of Connecticut, for all his faults and flaws may be, uh, Daniel Malloy called out the NRA this week um, in some back and forth arguing uh, and, and called them – for all intents and purposes, a terrorist organization uh, for the way that they react and respond to seemingly good and, and sound gun restrictions and measures. So, uh, man, I, I don't know what it's going to take to change this, but I, I'm not ready to give up. So we're going to keep fighting it. And as has been said in previous podcasts, they don't represent gun owners. They represent gun manufacturers. And I have spoken to a lot of people uh, who have guns and are fans of the Second Amendment and think the NRA is horrible. And there are there are alternative organizations that will support you know gun rights, but also not be insane and and know you know when when things make sense. So uh, if you are an NRA member, although if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not after what we've said the last couple of weeks. But if you're an NRA member, I, I suggest you work out look out for some of these other organizations uh, that are more sane, I would say, and just a better fit all around from a majority of the gun owners in the country. And on that note, thank you, Kevin, for being here for 50 episodes. I'm looking forward to another 50 more. Uh, you know, another year or so, we'll be at that coveted 100-episode mark. And, you know, that's when TV shows go into syndication, so maybe that means that's when we're going to be around for good. I hope somebody picks us up. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell you, somebody out there listening must have a friend who works at a radio station. Hook us up. Uh, or at least if your uncle is like, you know, works for Frito-Lay, tell him, you know, we'll work for free chips if we give you, give you plugs. It'll be great. And on that note, till next week, Kevin, it's been fun. Later. Later.